Welcome to Two Chicks Talk Writing. I'm your co-host, Isabella. And I'm McGee. If you liked today's episode, click the subscribe button down below and you'll stay up to date with all of the new Two Chicks Talk Writing podcasts. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, the very first one. So I'm so excited. Um, so what do you want to talk about today? Well, I have questions about you. I have known you, I guess, I'm thinking three years now from the book convention in Reno is where we met, the Book Lovers Con. Right, I'm sorry. Like in an elevator or something. You were like, hey, and I'm like, hi, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> uh, you know, um, sometimes, you know. Uh, yeah, well, I was still scared to talk to people who are publishers and writers and stuff. And so I was just a little book nerd and was, you know, hi, I'm all starstruck. So. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Come all right. On. So, so let's start, let's start back. Um, uh, when did you write your first book? Uh, you know, I started writing my first book in 29, 2009, 2009. Uh, that was always faithful. I was a voracious uh, lesbian reader and thought, oh, I could do this. Like every author starts, you know, I didn't have like this driving passion to be an uh, author. Growing up, I wanted to be a comic book artist. Cool. That was like my dream job. And then I went to college and I had an art teacher who said, yeah, you know that term starving artist isn't just by accident. You really do starve. And, and uh, so I was like, oh, great. Probably don't want to do that now. Thanks for ruining that dream. Anyway, when I came out, I was reading a lot of Les Fick, and I thought, wow, this is great. I wonder if I could do this. And I got enrolled in a program. A publishing house was looking to build their stable of writers. And I had this story that I was writing and I submitted it. And out of, I think, 300 people, uh, nine of us, seven or nine of us got um, accepted into the program. And so we were uh, going to work with an editor from the, from the uh, publishing company. And so we did about four sessions of that and the editor ended up getting sick and couldn't continue. So they kind of stopped the program. But what they did do is assign you with an editor that you could work with. And I worked with one of their editors and uh, finished the book, submitted it. The publisher didn't say, oh, I don't want to publish you. The publisher said, like the premise, want you to rewrite the whole story. And here's how I want you to rewrite the whole story. Oh, man. And I said, that would be your book, not my book. Right. And, um, and so I started looking at self-publishing. And it was kind of in its infancy at that time, in 2010. And so um, I did. I, I went through a couple edits with that editor and then had brought in another editor to edit the book and uh, finally published it in 2010. Cool. So that's the award-winning book, Always Faithful. So I'm, I'm super excited. Right. Uh, and 10 and years just of experience. Kind of, so, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if it's, it, it's experience, but it's been, it's definitely been, you know, uh, 
the educational track by Hard Knocks. Right. Well, ha haven't you ever seen those uh, those book experts and you look on their their thing and you're like, wow. And then you read down and they've written two books and you're like, no. Right. And they're getting like 200 bucks a whack for these people to watch their video. And you're like, what is wrong with I, people? What, I, what is wrong with people? I don't know. Dude's written two books. Don't get super excited because I'm not sure his his depth of knowledge is uh, deeper than a puddle and not a well. Well, exactly. And you know what I mean? What works for you might not work for me, but here's exactly. what, here's a way, you know, consider, you know, maybe learn it from some of my bumps and not making the same mistakes I did. So, right. So what, know. what, uh, not to interrupt, but how did you get into writing? Well, um, actually, uh, when I was, um, in my late twenties, I wrote my first book. I had no idea what I was doing, except I'd read a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, back then you go to the library and Les Fick was like four books on the shelf and I reowned them all. So, you know, um, so I wrote this thing and I sent it to like one of the two publishers and uh, one of the editors called me back. She said, yeah, you know, yeah, this is, this is a good first book. We can do something with this, you know, we'll get back to you. And then I didn't hear anything. And then I called back after, you know, the 90 days of sweating blood. And um, they're like, well, we decided to cut back from 15 to 10 this year. So yours didn't make the cut. And I just threw it in a drawer and that was the end of it. So I was, oh, wow. I was too nervous to send it to anybody else. And I, I just like, ah, forget it. So I didn't do anything with writing until, um, really about the time that uh, that we were in Reno. I had started uh, doing some sprinting with some friends. We were trying to write some stuff. And um, boy, did I think I knew what I was doing. I was just, you know, this is what this is what you do. And it took me um, a few conversations with my friends to realize, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know all that I think I do. And I should take a step back for a moment. So um, while we were in Reno, I did pitch uh, my book to a publisher that is now, um, if not defunct, very closely onto its knees. And um, they, they asked for the copy. I sent them the copy. They sat on it forever. And then I really just got the impression they just didn't want to work with a new writer, you know. So mm -hmm. I had a couple of other books in the meantime that I've been writing. So they were kind of, to me, contemporary. They were set in the 80s. And uh we, they do that Twitter pitch thing, you know, where editors say if they like it or not. Well, everybody liked the historical book that, you know, that Sapphire Place published. You might have heard of them. <laughs> maybe. 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 So um, they all seem to think that was a great idea, but nobody liked the other one. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to self-publish this one. I, I, I'll, I'll go through that. So I, I went through all of the learning curve of Amazon uploads and, you know, I had been to the, the, the different uh, workshops uh, in Reno and listen to what the people said. I did what they said and, and it worked out pretty good. I'm, 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 you know, halfway through the series. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, but I, you know, I think I'll always be a, a hybrid um, because I don't think everything I write will fit the wheelhouse of a publishing place. And if it doesn't fit their brand, it doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just means it doesn't fit their, their brand. So just hit upload and do it myself, you know, so. Sure. Sure. Well, and, you know, to be honest, I know that uh, publishers, you know, look for certain niches, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they have kind of their silos of what they do publish and what they don't publish. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's easier to ask a publisher, what don't you publish than it is to say, what do you publish? Because we are 
most of us know what we don't publish, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's nonfiction, whether it's, um, I don't know, fantasy, high fantasy, um, or I mean, high sci-fi. So a lot of publishers, sometimes it's easier to figure out what you, what they don't publish. And usually it's listed on their page. Usually, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're paying attention and you're doing what you need to do when you're investigating, you'll see it right on their page. So, mm-hmm. um, did we just not chat while we were in Reno and? I just think we didn't move in the same circles very often. We ran into the, to each other in the elevator like twice or something. And then you happened to be talking to a friend of mine that I had met while I was there. And I kind of ambled up and we, we, we kind of, you know, chatted a minute, but it wasn't anything, you know, memorable for sure for you, for me. And I just remembered you because you were super duper tall in your boots. <laughs> uh, was that, that was a romantic times conference, right? Uh, yeah. The last, the last, uh, yeah. When it switched to book lovers, it was their last one. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So it was all the yeah. romance people and stuff. And, you know, I took just a crap ton of classes and, you know, I, yeah. I met some great folks. I mean, some of them are still people that beta read for me kind of was at a turning point in terms of whether I was going to keep writing or not and just ran into people that were like yes keep keep writing we all suck the first things we do it's okay just keep keep writing just keep writing just keep writing <laughs> yeah I see you know the difference between uh, you know someone who's successful and someone who's not is at some point they stopped you know mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a it's definitely an industry that will throw up as many roadblocks as it possibly can. And you have to be tenacious. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be hungry. You have to want this. Um, and I think that oftentimes a lot of people get discouraged and frustrated and, you know, like I said, throw it in, throw the manuscript in the drawer and walk away and go, well, under new things. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, and I have to say, it did feel good to have had written a book, even if nothing ever happened with it. I can say I mm-hmm. had, done, you know, checked that box, you know, so that was, that was cool. And, you know, and the self-published stuff, if I say so, went pretty darn well. Um, so, um, you know, I had at least some storytelling ability. The writing ability, you know, may have, may continue to improve, I hope. But I am that age where having a publisher behind you meant something to me. And so I was, I was super um, happy to, to be able to say, yeah, I'm a published author. Yeah, no, not just something I, because you remember those vanity presses back in the day, give somebody $4,000 and they'll give you a thousand copies of your book. You can sell from the trunk of your car and, you know, people get people still very popular and people think that's public self-publishing and it's, right. it's not, you know, but um, right. And, you know, some people think, well, you know, I wrote this, I'm just going to upload it and, and. Uh... Well, just to, just so you know, on Amazon every day, 1,600 and about 70 books are published a day on Amazon. Dang. Okay. 70 an hour. One book is being uploaded every five minutes on Amazon. So that just goes to show you that um, there are a lot of people publishing a lot of stuff. Yes. That's just books. That's, you know, that doesn't, that's nothing else. That's just eBooks. Man. 
And all those people that stayed home from work for a year and a half during the pandemic, I think I'll write a book. All that's hitting the market too, I'm sure. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I have to say, I was in a, a local writing group back in the day when we first moved to Greenville and um, uh, my wife was still nudging me, you should be writing still. I'm like, eh. so I, I joined the little writing group and we had a time where we were each reading a chapter and this fellow um, handed out copies and he had done it all in all caps and one solid stream down the entire page. It was the most awesome sci-fi story I had heard in years and people just shredded him because of the ending. I'm like, dude, you can pay a kid 10 bucks an hour at Clemson. They'll fix all this crap. You don't, you don't have to worry about it. And he's like, well, I just, I guess I'm not a good writer. And I was just so mad at those people that had no creds at all to be judging somebody. And here they just, you know, so you know what, wherever I quit the group after that. And I hope wherever he landed, um, you know, he's writing freaking awesome sci-fi books. Cause we should, those should be a couple of shows, um, writing groups, writing groups. Yeah. Writing groups. Editing software. Cause you know, you can get some pretty decent editing software. I've tried several different ones mm-hmm. and, and, um, like writing groups, critique groups. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal feeling is I hate them, but I would, mm-hmm. you know, we should do a show and I'll, we could, we could explore sure. all of Frozen. these pros and cons things right about that. yeah that'd be that'd, awesome see be this is going to be a cool podcast <laughs> it is and i hope everybody will listen because i think we have some experience between us um we probably have over 20 books that we've released between us so um we might know a little something about writing little a few a few, a few things a, i mean few like things. what's worked for me what's worked for you yeah right so. and i think across the genre we've written i I've, I've never written a historical you have mm-hmm. uh we've delved delved into uh female police officers and uh, firefighters sci-fi um vampires at least on my side mm-hmm. uh, all mm-hmm. kinds of things so i think we have a, a good cross-section of experience in genres mm-hmm. in writing styles for sure yeah i think it's going to be great yeah 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 i took the i took the gcls writing academy this year because i felt like i had some areas i probably could teach a class or two but i had some serious gaps in my knowledge and i wanted to fill some of those so that was a, a great opportunity to work with other writers and um lots of different experience some it was their first manuscript they were working on some had written two or three books and were already published so a lot of different depth uh in in that i every class you know i learned something different so it was um it was a great experience for that and i feel like as a biologist that gives me a little little street cred is why are you writing <laughs> there you go there you go you know what i think every writer regardless of where they are in their career should work on their craft take a class take several classes you know go back and, and look at your writing and see if it's improved so i have and one more question i was going to ask how did you come up with your pen name super easy question um I am the mother of three sons, and I was not blessed with a girl, so I always thought if I ever had a daughter, I would name her Isabella, and since I didn't have a daughter, I took on the name Isabella, and, uh, you know, I didn't want two names. It's hard enough for me to remember Isabella. I'm used to it now. Mm -hmm. I'm used to 
uh, people calling me Isabella and answering both to Chris and Isabella. Funny story, uh, I went to my first GCLS and obviously everybody knew me as Isabella there. And I'm walking and someone says, hey, Isabella. And I just keep walking and my wife taps me and she said, I think they're talking to you. <laughs> I was like, first off, you know who I am, I'm shocked. Right. Hold on. Right. And then uh, you called me by Isabella. I'm not quite used to answering to that name, but we'll get there. And, and, so, and maybe you don't quite look like what people would think an Isabella might look like. I don't know. I'm just going on a right. limb there. But you, uh, you, you might be right. I'm you just, might be I'm right. I'm just thinking that. So, yeah, I had the same experience. My wife had to tap me and the entire row of people was yelling my pen name to me. And I'm like, where who that is? <laughs> Who's that? Who's where that? are they? Yeah, where? Well, they're just. Dead, how did like you? Uh, how'd you come up with yours? Uh, well, um, the last name actually is um, what my real last name is. When you translate it from uh, uh, Eastern European, it's very hard to come up with a first name that hasn't gone with a common last name. When you, I Google, I'm like, oh, that nobody's got that name. Oh, there's six of them. Are you kidding me? So, um, McGee isn't terribly often used yet for girls, but it's starting to be um, in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time I do that DNA thing, I come out more Scottish. It's genealogy is one of my one of my hobbies. <laughs> so if you ever if you ever want to really nerd out, I can roll out my trees I've made for all my characters. So um, oh, there you go. You know, it gives you a good backstory. So. Hey, right. I think that's another great topic to cover is how do you map out your novels? Do you use family trees? And um, I, I uh, used a family, I've only used a family tree for one novel and that was Cigar Barons because of the lineage and how it had to all intersect because mm -hmm. we didn't want sisters and brothers marrying each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not that yeah. that couldn't happen on my mom's side of the family who's from Arkansas, but I don't. Just hey, now. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And my tree goes far deep into the south. And, uh, you know, I have some branches. I've been concerned about their linear nature, but uh, it turns out it's not as linear as I was afraid of. So anyways, <laughs> we're good. We're good. If you have something you want to hear us talk about, make some comments below. Check out our Two Chicks Talk Writing website at www the number two chicks talk writing.com you'll find all of our past podcast episodes there as well as some tools and tips and freebies you can download you can also check out our facebook page two chicks talk writing and our instagram at two chicks talk writing